like, <laughs> I'm just, I can't see who comes in late, okay? That's why I sit up here, all right? And so, we have to ask this question, super big question, why? Why did you do that? Why do you do it on repeat? I mean, some of you are here every single week. Some of you are not. He looks to the exit sign as if not to make contact with anybody, okay? No, but think about that, but why? Like, it's an important question. Like, why did I show up today? Like, why is that? Is it so that I can get fed or is it so that I can encourage someone around me so that I can become more like Christ, so that I can take this knowledge that hopefully gets dropped at some point today and I can apply this or is it just so I can just, quote, be fed? And I realize I have a, I have a job, I mean, to do that. Like, that's, that's my deal. Is to, is to bring teaching. I understand that. But, uh, you know, at the same time, I'm thinking, okay, what are, what are we doing? Like, what are we doing? Outside of Sunday, what are we doing? What am I learning? What am I doing on my own? What's important to me? How am I treating uh, my family? You know, these are all questions that we have to ask. These are all questions of faith. And so when we talk about time, guess what? It's going to take time. To reach out to that community, it takes time. There's a few of us that meet on uh, every other Thursday for FCA boys, and the other week is FCA girls, and, and it, it takes time. It takes preparation time. It takes time when you're there, uh, and you guys know this, right? Like, so it takes time. Ministry takes time, and it takes an effort, too. How many relationships do you have where you spend no time with the person that's your best friend? I would hope zero, but, or you're the worst best friend ever. And so, talent. So if we talk about talent, um, some can build. You ever seen a person that can build stuff? Like good stuff? You're like, man, that's pretty awesome, all right? Or you've ever seen a person uh, that can create? Or you ever seen a person that can cut grass well? There are people that cannot cut grass well, okay? Seriously. Um, but you look at all these talents and we think, and we have to say, what, what can I do to contribute to the body of Christ? Like, what's the overall mission? Well, the overall mission of the church is to, to go out and see those people that are lost, see those people that are hurting, see those people that don't have Jesus, and we want to see those people come to Christ. So what does mowing grass have to do with that? Well, it's one of those deals, isn't it? We could let the grass grow. We could let the grass grow here. All right, we could let the building fall apart. I don't think that's what we're supposed to do, but I think that we we could do that. So we have these talents that that are make up the body of Christ. And we went through this a few weeks ago that every person has a, has a talent that they've been given. And so what I would encourage you is to dig deep and say, okay, what is it? What is it that I can do? Because, again, our, sometimes our default is, man, I don't know if I can do anything. And so I don't know if I can do that. Well, again, talent takes time, right? 
My favorite example of talent that looks wicked easy is um, Slash from Guns N' Roses. Does anybody know in the church this morning who that is? You can raise your hand. Okay, Slash from Guns N' Roses. So he's up there. Okay, right? And he's just ripping it, and he's got the hair down. He's got a cig in, and I don't know how the hair's not catching on fire, and he's got the top hat on, and he is just ripping on the guitar effortlessly. Like, it's hanging down here, and he's just like, and you're like, that is awesome. Okay, that didn't just happen, okay? Like, if you went up to him and did something really weird and said, hey, uh, can I, can I um, feel your fingertips? Which would be very awkward, by the way. Don't do that, okay, to a guitar player. But what you're going to feel is that there's all these calluses on their fingertips. And then you start talking to them. You're like, so how, how long did it take you to learn how to play guitar? Like those kind of musicians that make it look easy? Oh, I used to play for like 12 hours a day. I practice for like four hours a day now. Yeah, I mean, every day I have to switch out strings. Okay, that's not normal, by the way, if you don't know that. Every day, one of my old guitar teachers, he went through a new set of strings every single day. He played for 14 hours a day. Sometimes his fingertips would bleed. And I'm like, that, that, I think you want to get better. So when we talk about talent, talent doesn't, you don't just get this gift and then you don't put it into practice, like you have to practice. How many of you guys have seen an artist paint a painting? You ever seen those quick ones that they do where it's like super like timed and it's like during the national anthem and then they're painting it upside down and then they flip it over and you're like, oh, I get it. (laughs) And you're like, I could have never done that. Okay, that wasn't their first rodeo, though. Do you know how long they took to do that technique? Do you know how long it took to get that down and, and get the image just right? And, and so they were given a talent, and then they worked at it. And, and so it is with us. Each one of us has a talent. You might say, well, you know, I, I like being hospitable, but I'm not, like, super good at it right now. Ask more people over to your house. You'll get super good at it, I promise. But if you don't do that, like, willing yourself to do something is not going to happen. I remember I was in high school. I almost said once. I was in high school once, okay? It only was once. Um, And so chemistry downstairs when I lived up in Virginia, couldn't get it. The mole theory was killing me softly. I was crying in the basement, which was my room. Not by torture, it was by choice. It was like finished, okay? Um, So I was down there, I'm crying. 11th grade, I'm crying, I can't get it. And I'm like, I'm just gonna get this. I don't care, I just have to get this. And I'm crying and I'm so mad that I'm crying. And then suddenly, boom. And I'm like, now I have it. I'm like, dude, this is, now if I would've said, I'm just, I can't do this. I can't do it, I'm done. Okay, packed up, I would've never got it. And I believe it's because I'm down there and I'm like, I've got to get this. I'm so mad that I can't get this. And then it just comes together for me. And it didn't just happen. It happened out of work. 
And so some of the ways that we can be using our gifts, using our talents, is hospitality. What does that mean? Being nice to people. All right? If you're mean, don't be. <laughs> okay? If you're just like this crass person, you're probably not going to be a good greeter. Right? Like, good morning. You're like, oh, good to be here. You're like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> All right. Bless you. Um, bless yourself. Okay. And so we might put you in another role. Okay. But, but hospitality, think about that. That is, a, that is a very practical way that you can be involved and use your talent. Uh, working with children and youth. Super important, right? If, the, if children are, and youth are our next generation, which by number and age they are, it's very important then that we are, you know, showing them the way of Jesus Christ. And so maybe that's your talent. Maybe your talent is to work with seniors. It says something in there about honoring your mother and your father. So maybe your talent is to work with seniors. All right, maybe your talent is to pray and maybe teach other people how to pray. Maybe your talent is an administrative talent. Have you ever seen a person organize an event and you got excited about that? Not the event, about them being able to organize like they do. Has anybody seen this done wonderfully? And you're like, how did you do that? All right? And maybe even from that question, you might say, well, maybe I just want to be better at administration. Guess what? The church needs people that are good administrators. Because when we do big events, we don't want bad administrators doing them or organizing them. We'll let the bad administrators be the great hospitality people. Not saying that, you know, you can't do both, okay? All right? But maybe you have a gift of encouragement. Maybe someone is just down in the dumps and you just say something to them and, and you know, not knowing, just being you and, you know, it just changes their day. Or maybe it changes the trajectory of their life. And so maybe you have that gift. And maybe you have a combination of these gifts. And there's so many more that you could use within the church that's so practical. And, and so the final thing. So we've gone over time. We've gone over talent. I would highly recommend use them. All right? Here's what a misconception might be of the church. All right? When, we talk, when we're going to talk about money. Because talking about money in church brings up defenses for people because it's their money, right? It's, well, I earned this money, so why should I have to give it away? And so here's what I want to talk about and not spark people off. And if it does, that's fine too. Old Testament law versus New Testament stewardship. I believe that if we were still under the, the law, that it would be easier to give because it would be, just be you know, we would have to give our 10%, and that's what we would do, and some people would give what, apples, and some people would give lambs, and okay, and then I don't know what we'd do with all that stuff, all right, but 
we would have it and we would distribute it well. We would not have to mow the lawn. Sheep. Next week, let's look into sheep and some fencing. Um, so, um, so we think about this, this giving um, principle. And now in the New Testament, uh, we're going to talk about stewardship over law. So that, that God, in other words, God has given to us, then, okay, well, you know, someone might say, well, Andy, what am I supposed to give? Like, what is the percentage? And I don't think that's the question. I think the question in the New Testament is, what is God leading you to give? And, okay, you want to start at a baseline of 10%? Great. But here's what I would ask you. Have you asked God about that? You know, have you, have you ever thought about beyond just like, well, 10%? Have you ever said, God, what do you want me to give? And then God says something like, I'd like for you to give 25% of your income. And you're like, sorry, can I get the next person on the line? I don't think that was, <laughs> Or maybe it's not 10% at that time. But maybe there's sometimes where you're going to give more. Because God has, has put it on your heart to give more. Did you ever think, I mean, did we ever think about that? And here's what I want to, we don't have uh, an organization. I don't have a rich uncle that writes a check to me every uh, 12 months that keeps this place going. This place is 100% supported by giving. And I believe that it's important also that in giving, there's, a, there's transparency, there's transparency in giving. Now, what is the mission in giving of the church? Well, if we read Paul's writings, if, if we read uh, Jesus' writings, or not writings, but Jesus' um, sayings, what do, we, what do we find? He talks about money a lot, and he talks about giving to those in need and those that are poor and widows and orphans and taking care of the body and special offerings that are given uh, to Jerusalem, special offerings that are that are for a particular person. And so when we talk about giving, and we talk about giving money, I think that it's, it's super important that we understand it's about the heart. And when we think about this, money will never become not relevant. It takes money to do stuff. In 2 Corinthians 8, verses 1 through 15, we see here that um, this is a church in Macedonia that's been going through a lot of troubles, but they still want to give to the poor. Okay, that has got to be our focus. And I'm not going to twist, you know, 2 Corinthians 8 and 9 and make you think, you, you, this is the verses for giving. This is one of many that touches on giving. And so he says that in verse 3, he says, For I can testify that they gave not only what they could afford, but far more. And they did it out of their own free will. They begged us again and again for the privilege of sharing the gift for believers in Jerusalem. Because why? Because they were, they were struggling and they needed this gift. And, and so it goes on, they even did more than we had hoped for first action was to give themselves to the Lord and to us just as God wanted them to. That's so important. 
Like, give yourself to the Lord first, okay? Don't write, a, don't write a check or do an online giving because God is going to bless me because of this. Realize that there's, there's real need that is met through giving. And so he goes on and, and it ends um, with this on, in verse 10. My advice uh, it would be good for you to finish what you started a year ago. Last year, you were the first who wanted to give, and you were the first to begin doing it. And now you should finish what you started. Let the eagerness you showed in the beginning be matched now by your giving. Give in proportion to what you have. Whatever you give is acceptable if you give it eagerly. And give according to what you have, not what you don't have. Of course, I don't mean your giving should make life easy for others and hard for yourselves. I mean that there should be some equality. Right now, you have plenty and can help those who are in need. Later, they will have plenty and can share with you when you need it. In this way, things will become equal. And I just, I'd say this to you. There's a, in, a, in a Western society, in American society, there's a lot of pride that goes with money. I believe, I mean, there, and I think that's been throughout time because it's mine. You know, if, if we looked in Luke 18, 18 through 29, we see the rich young ruler that followed all the laws. And then Jesus says, there's one more thing that you need to do. Sell all your possessions and, and give it to the poor. And he walked away upset because there was no way he knew in his heart he couldn't do that. You know, if we look in uh, James 6, James 6 says the love of money is what? Root of all evil. Now, I think that we have to have this. It doesn't say that money is evil. And it doesn't say that, that things that you have are evil. Your house. Oh, well, it's a worldly possession. Well, what are you going to live in, a box? I mean, like, okay, you have a house. Is it a house that you bought and sought God about? And it's okay, cool. This is the love of money. See, we, have a diff- we should have a different perspective in that God can spend our money however he chooses because he chose to give it to us and entrust us with it as stewards of money, as stewards of time and as stewards of talent. See, I believe those three things are massively important and equally important. Because if I'm giving all my money, but I'm not using my talent, and I'm not using my time, then I'm not really accomplishing the kingdom purpose. If I'm giving all my time, but I'm hoarding all my money, and I'm giving my talent, I'm not really accomplishing the kingdom purpose. I'm not being a good steward of who God has designed me to be. And so, I love talking about money. I really do. Jen knows she hates it. <laughs> she hates money. She hates it. She hates talking about it. We'll find ourselves out on a walk, and she's probably like, oh, God, here goes, here goes the money talk again, okay? But, I, you know, is that true, babe? Yes. But, but I do, you know? I mean, that's why I got into teaching originally was for money, 
And that's why I switched over to preaching. Was for money. Because there's so much to be had. Yeah. <laughs> I will tell you this, and this is, I don't, pat, I don't pat myself on the back for this, and I don't want you, this isn't a prideful thing. I just, I want you to know where I'm at and where Jen and I are at. Because we've had several hundred discussions on money. I mean, you do that. If you're married, you, have, you talk about money, right? Like, that happens. Like, Jen will say, like, how much did you spend? I'm like, what? Um, and no, we have a rule in our house, like, if we're going to buy anything that's over, like, what is it, like, 75 bucks or 100 you know, you know the feeling when you're at the register and, like, should I call Jen? Like, that, like, or, no, well, you guys probably don't have that feeling. Like, should I call Jen and ask? Okay. But that's me. Like, should I call Jen? That's a check. That's like, you should definitely call her and say, because you know what she's going to say is no. <laughs> You're like, I know. Thank you. Thank you for being my self-control. Um, and, and so we are, please, again, okay, this is, I don't, please don't feel sorry for us at all when I say what I'm about to say. We are making... Um, the least amount of money we've ever made, and we have six kids, and we're giving more than we've ever given. And I don't need a, uh, please, you know, like, eh, that's just that. Okay, but here's what I have to, I have to think, is if I'm going to lead well, then <laughs> I've got to lead by example. And here's what the deal is, God is providing for us, you know, and he is providing well for us. You know, can my kids get everything that they want? No, and they're better for it. Seriously, Ellie had this realization the other day. She said, Mom, I just, can I tell you a story? She's not here. Um, <laughs> and she told me this on the way to church this morning. She goes, Mom, she didn't say that to me. That was yesterday. She, this morning she said, Dad, um, like, my friend just asked for money, and her, their parents just give it to them. Great. They're great people. You know, I mean, they're some of our friends. And Ellie said, I had to babysit for four hours the other night so that I could go to this movie and then go out to dinner and then go to this fair. I said, yeah. I said, that's called real life. And I said, I know you, it's one of those things that you say as a parent that you're like, I will never say that to my kid. But it's one of those things where you're like, you know, you're going to, honestly, you're going to benefit from this later on because you appreciate your money. You're learning how to manage money right now at 14. And if every time that you asked me for 50 bucks, I said, here you go, what is that teaching you? Well, there's a vending machine somewhere out there. That keeps giving me money. And when that sucker dries up, you're like, eh, what do I do now? All right? And so she's out, she's out earning money. I'm proud of that kid. You know? She's available. She's available for babysitting. Um, just throwing it out there. Um, uh, we do have a wage, okay? So don't, no, she's not doing it for free. Um, no, I'm just kidding. 
yeah, but she's saving up for a car. She wants a car. So we have to keep directing her. Like, she's like, oh, I can get an Apple Watch. I'm like, or a car. Like, so, you know, but she's maturing in it. And but, so the deal is this. She realizes that, man, money, responsibility, the time that it took for me to earn this money. You look at it completely different when you take time and you earn money and then you go out and spend it, don't you? Because you can say, man, this guitar is going to cost me, what, two months of my wage. You're like, uh, I'm not going to do that. Or it's going to cost me, I worked for a week to get this. Eh, not that important. All right? And it's a whole different perspective. Uh, and, and so all that to say this. God has blessed us greatly. And I will say this, and I said this in my econ class, is this, that, that if you're the poorest person in this room, you're richer than 80% of the world's population. And so all these things are relative. Well, I have a 2004 Scion XB, and it's making some weird noise, and the engine light's on. So, what do I need? You know, I was telling Ellie this morning, yes, Ellie, I could go out and buy a truck right now. All right? I don't want to, though. Okay, I really do want to. I don't need to. Okay? I, but I don't need to. The Scion, is, it's kicking it, man. It's, it's, it, it will not go through mud well, but it'll, it'll get me to where I need to go. And so I think perspective on this is huge. And so when we're asking the king of kings, what do, you want me to, what do you want me to bring? What would you want me to bring as an offering, God? This missions time that is coming up, how would you have me directly support, you know, 15 to 20 missionaries that are worldwide? How would you have me do that? And these are questions that are, these are heart questions, Right? You know, why did God, why did Jesus talk about the heart so much and money? Because sometimes our heart is wrapped up in our money, big time. But when we look at it and he says, you know, the root, the, uh, root of all evil is the love of money, it's because our heart is wrapped up in it. And when money starts to become more important than our heart's condition, then we have an issue. And so we can easily give away our money because we know it's not ours anyways. So I would encourage you with that, is to, is to give, okay, and to give well.